Somebody's got to be accountable. And the last thing I'll say on it is I got a whole Wait, 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 wait. That's last week's intro. Let's use this week's. The revenge aspect is, is uh, it's not a thought in my mind. You know, we, we put that in the past and, and we moved on and, and we put it just straight to business. And we, come, we came here as a business trip and we knew that we were probably going to see them this time of year and you really can't script it any other. Welcome to Baseball Biz. It's nothing but pure excitement here as Brandon No Way, myself, I'm Mark Carbon, come and celebrate with a special edition of Baseball Biz where we're talking about Raise Up and what happened just last night. It is Saturday morning, actually Saturday early afternoon, and Brandon and I have just been talking about everything that we enjoyed last night about that game. Hey, how you doing, Brandon? I'm fantastic, Mark. We got the Rays moving on to the ALCS, got college football on the TV. It's a great day. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I want to apologize, everybody. I, I kind of had to twist the introduction we had there, my friend. You know, uh, Brandon, we had uh, – <laughs> that was the voice not of uh, Kevin Cash this week, but Mike Rossall. And, you know, I, I've got a here, – here, here's a little riddle. What fights off 10 pitches with one at bat and then showcases greatness? I don't know. Dan Johnson. <laughs> Ding dong Johnson. No. <laughs> Mr. Mr. Mike, man, he just did the thing last night. Mr. Brassell. He uh it was amazing watching him last night. But we we could talk about the dynamic that happened with that. But this has been a great series. I mean, previous to all this, we had that event on September first when Aroldis Chapman threw that ball and practically hit Brassell in the head. If he hadn't ducked I don't know if Mike would still be with us anymore because Aradis was going straight for his head. Yeah, and 100 and, miles an hour. Who knows what that would have gone in. We, we both, yeah. I think everybody knows how I mean, we feel we about that one. Oh, yeah. I mean, in Concussion City. And, and while I was seeing people like Tommy Pham <laughs> post last night, Revenge is sweet, right, after Brassell had done what he did up there. You know, that's a, a popular trope or tripe. I mean, maybe both, you know, but uh, not for Brasso last night. He's he's just amazing, and I can't thank him enough for making that game what it was. I don't know about you, but I was truly sitting on the pins and needles. A low-scoring game with that, with the talent on both sides of bat and pitching, was just phenomenal. I, I don't think I've ever watched a game with less scoring that had more intensity for me. Yeah, I felt like I was watching the hockey playoffs again. It's like constant edge of your seat, anything can happen at any moment. And it's weird. Baseball isn't a stressful sport to watch, but it was so stressful last night and pretty much all week. <laughs> I mean, like I said, I'm, I'm really excited during this time, but gosh, it has been, it's been exciting and it's also been unnerving sometimes. So that's, that's true. But this is, it took us a while to get here. You know, I mean, Everybody else is pretty much finished up the day before. We're still fighting it out on Friday. Yep, that's that's a Tampa Bay thing, I guess. We always got to go longer than everybody else. Well, that sure seemed to prove the case uh, <laughs> yesterday. But, they, man, did they do it. And with style. Everybody looks at Kevin Cash. All right, I'm going to stop for a minute. And we're, we'll talk a second for about managers, okay? This was exciting because both teams, you know, here we look at a best-of-five series you're looking Thursday and you got two and two. What's going to happen? I think all fans, 
can either be very critical or very supportive of their general managers. I think as far as a manager like Aaron Boone, though, <laughs> if Yankee fans are probably less forgiving maybe than some, some other coach, some other team's fans. But when he was uh, earlier this week, he tried to pull Kevin Cash by putting in a starter who was young, naive, but had a pretty good inning. But then, you know, it wasn't a little bit after that who wasn't seeing the success. I don't know if he wasn't seeing the success or he was just saying, this is my starter, just like Ryan Stanek used to be for Kevin a year ago. And, you know, and lo and behold, he brings in Jay Happ, okay? And that just didn't work. And boy, did he get an onslaught of Twitter feeds going nuts, going absolutely crazy tearing into him. Yeah, and I, I really noticed it the day after where everybody was just ripping on Boone for doing the opener. And Michael Kay, the Yankees announcer, who even though he is a Yankees announcer, I do like listening to what he has to say. <laughs> he made a really good point where the Rays did it out of necessity. The Yankees did it trying to be the smartest guy in the room. And you have to have everybody to do the opener successfully. As Cash said last year, you have to have everybody buying into it. And from the sounds of things, Hap didn't buy into it. He didn't want to do it. He said that he'd rather start. And I guess that proves true right there. He didn't buy into it and it blew up in their face. That was absolutely terrible. And you're right, the buy into it. Um, a lot of the things I saw from the press last night was talking about how the Rays work together as a team. They support one another. I think that may have been kind of an ego thing for Mr. Happ, but I think the Rays, like you said, they all have the buy-in on this. They see themselves as, as a team. Even when you listen to the press conference, all that they have to say is about their team. They're not holding themselves up and beating their own chest. They're usually deferring and pointing toward another player who did a great job. Yeah, they they really like they relish that role too you see it in their interviews the way they speak and the way they play they go out there they try to have fun and and be different in a division that's you know full of the more traditional powers like red Sox and yankees who look at some of the stuff they do like the opener and think Ugh, the opener how could you do that that's not baseball <laughs> and then they go go and do it in the playoffs yeah. and it blows up in their face <laughs> yeah, that, that's a good place to try something new that you've never done before. Uh, you know, I, my, my, I go, my heart goes out to the Yankee fans and, you know, I've never had much nice to say there, but you know, it, I, I can appreciate that. And by the way, I take, I take a quick moment here too, is a salute to Whitey Ford who passed the other day, Yankee after 92 years. And, uh, I know that, that, uh, had to hurt long before the game started yesterday. And I want to salute him and the fans that, that loved him too. You know the, the world moves on, and unfortunately, that's that's part of what's happening now for for the Yankees. That this year has moved on for them too. So we reap the benefit of that as fans, and certainly as the team of the Rays. But it's crazy. I didn't know he won a World Series one year. Then he went off, did two years serving in the war. Then he came back again and won another World Series. I mean, that's crazy. There's no way you could do that nowadays. It's no, that's no. just the way they did sports and military service way back then. It's, it's crazy. Yeah, it really is. I mean, it was, it didn't even Ted Williams, I believe did military service. I believe as a pilot maybe, but, uh, 
I'm getting a little bit off the topic, but I do want to salute him. And uh, we'll talk a little bit more about the excitement that we were able to enjoy last night. And Tampa has had their home site as Petco Park here now for the last week. And fortunately, you know, they're, hopefully they're comfortable there and they've got it next week for seven games or best of seven, I should say. We're very fortunate during the regular season with the Yankees. We basically did 10 and 2 as far as win and loss record with the Yankees. And that was outstanding. Last night, we knew we were going to have a challenge because we were facing off against Garrett Cole. And I don't care what you think about the Yankees. I don't care what you think about Astros. Garrett Cole, wow. It is fantastic to watch him. It's, it's a privilege to watch him, you know, but uh, Gary Cole's talking about his privileges. Yeah, about a year ago when he's putting on donning for the first time his pinstripes, he's talking about the challenges. He says, you know, pressure is a privilege. Well, he got plenty of privilege last night. With all that pressure he had out there, he really did perform. And on short days rest, he was, that was like a normal outing for him. And, sitting there listening and watching the game. The way it was going, I thought the Rays weren't going to be able to do anything against him. And they really didn't because he was just mowing guys down, just absolutely dominant. And even when the Rays did have chances, they couldn't cash in with it. Well, nothing happened on his watch. Nothing happened on his watch out there. And to watch that man pitch, so it, it is amazing. And when you see you know, the Rays going up, down one, two, three, because what he's able to put on that front of that plate and they're not able to get to, Wow. So it was very exciting and certainly a big, big, big kudos to Garrett Cole, you know, Garrett Cole and the, T- the Yankees last night for that first part of the game. But as you and I well know, any team is only as good as its bullpen. And while they had the privilege of having Garrett Cole up there, and let's see, how long did it, it's like five and a third innings, I believe, last night? Yeah. They waited till then before they pulled him and they bring in Zach Britton. And he was up there for one and a third innings. And then everyone's favorite. They brought in Araldus Chapman. You know, in the bottom of eighth would be a moment remembered by many. And we'll, we'll get into that in just a bit. But that was absolutely crazy. I saw Chapman warming up in the bullpen watching the game. And it was like, man, this would be great, absolute karma if he comes in here and he ends up giving up the winning runs, that would be just, just absolutely great. I was watching some of the Twitter feeds last night, and Neil Solon's put up there, hmm, I wonder if, no, he, actually he stated it more like as, as a seer, as if he could see it. You know, he wasn't saying, oh, this is absolutely what it's going to be, but he said, hmm, it's more like that, musing, some some vision he had that, Brasso, you know, I wonder if Brasso could come up there and, uh, with the Rodgers Chapman. And turn this thing around. So he, he called it. Kudos to Neil Solons for that. Uh, he also he also ended his post game show with a quote that I enjoyed is to Chapman that enjoy the off season, enjoy your suspension at the beginning of next year, and enjoy <laughs> taking that L. Oh, 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 a little bit of a savage poke there from oh. the great Neil Solons. I love it, man. <laughs> That was, he did it in that Neil Solon's voice, too, where he's very calm about it. Yeah, you may not even realize, you know, he's taking a dig at you till it's all done and, and you run through your head twice because he, he's usually, you know, he's not a person with a uh, sticking kind of personality to the to the uh, opposition. But, wow, I love that. 
a tip of the cap to him, as he'd say. And you look at what we had last night. You just say, okay, what is Kevin Cash going to do? Oh, he's going to put Glasnow in after two days? He's just only two days ago he was pitching? Really? Come on, man. But let's face it. What else were we going to do facing Garrett Cole? I was... I thought it would be Snell who would be the starter, and I was a little bit worried about that because I wasn't really impressed with him in game one. They ended up putting in Glass Snell, which looked like the right move because even though he only pitched what, a third or an inning and a third, he really he really looked good. It didn't look like he, he had short rest either, like Cole did. No, no. I said he went through the entire lineup before they pulled him, and like you said, it didn't look like he needed or that he had been just two days ago. He, uh, Cash was very smart, I think, to use him for the limited period of time that he did. And I, I wondered about Snell, too. I, I think these days Tyler looks more like a Cy Young Award winner than, than Snell. You know, I think Blake will come back even stronger than he has been. He's good. He's great. But if I'm sitting in a room and I had to pick between the three of them, I'd probably pick Tyler and Charlie, then Snell in that order to, to be up. Yeah, the way they the way they pitch this series, I I would definitely put Glasnow first. Maybe maybe even Morton, depending on the situation, because he looked really good in his outing there. And Snell, like he had his moments, but it just seems like he would like like he trip over his own two feet sometimes. Like you get an opportunity to shut them down, and then it would just be it's, it's like the classic no no you take it no you take it no you take it. That's kind of what Snell's outing felt like. I I can appreciate that because, yeah, there's a little more confusion than when I looked at, at Charlie or I looked at what Tyler was doing out there. But I believe he will be tightened up even more next year. I said, I definitely want to make sure to salute, you know, Kevin Cash because what he did as far as using the rest of his bullpen, pulling people like Nick Anderson out there. Oh, my gosh. There's another one I just love to watch as far as pitching. He He's aggressive. He's there on top of it. And he's not a you know afraid to be somewhere in the zone. Yeah, and Nick Anderson, I remember when we traded for him. I was looking at it like, what we traded Sanic for this guy? This, this dude's horrible. <laughs> and now he's arguably our best pitcher in our our stable. Yeah, and it's like you can just throw him out there in any situation. It seems like, and you know, you're going to get his best every single time. And that's that's nice to have, especially with the way the Rays handle their pitching staff. And, you know, Pete Fairbanks, Pete Fairbanks, sometimes I'm going to say he's a bit of an unknown, but I, I I just don't know completely what is going to happen when he's up there. I know he's a great pitcher, but what he last night, he had two innings. He had uh, one hit on him and, and one walk. But, you know, and we look back at Anderson for a moment. What he's the one who actually gave, I shouldn't say gave. <laughs> uh, it was when with him, I said he had what? He had two batters and allowed two hits. But he had that one uh, hit from Mr. Aaron Judge, and that home run at the top of the fourth was really, really hurt. And it's like, okay, what do we do now? We've been in a zero and zero game, and now they have something on the board, and we do not. Yeah, and going back to Fairbanks, he he's like the guy that, hey, you don't want to know how the sausage is made because watching him, not just last night, but at the end of game two. It was so stressful and ugly, but he got the job done. It's like, oh, just throw a strike, please. Throw it over the plate. Anything. 
Yeah, there's no doubt. Like I said, you, ne- you never know with people. He kept it exciting, and for two innings, he came up with uh, three strikeouts, so that was good. And then a guy who I've always loved with the Rays and who's had some difficult times, but this year he has come on strong, and that's Mr. Diego Castillo. And boy, oh boy, oh boy, did he tighten things up. I mean, you know, he's looking at a tough part of the lineup out there, but he is able to close it down. Yeah, we've been critical of him the past year or so, and but we've also given him credit where it's deserved, and he really he really came up clutch this, this series when we needed him, even though he does still make me nervous out there when I see him warming up because he's kind of like Fairbanks. You know, you don't know what you're going to get sometimes, but this series, he was just lights out, especially last night over those two innings and in the ninth. Yeah, well, you know, so that was just crazy nuts. And like I said, I, I love it. I mean, he's he's been off and on, but it seems like he's really hit that stride. And I was so happy for him, and a lot of reasons to see him do so well. I mean, obviously to get the team to win, but also just to see Diego for himself do so well. Okay, let's get back to the bottom of the eighth. And the crowd goes wild. I mean, let's face it, all those virtual fans out there, uh, but, you know, it was it's absolutely nuts. But what happens is we do see that matchup again, the one from September 1st, where our good friend, Mr. Mike Brasso, practically took a hit to the head, but now he's facing Mr. Rodas Chapman again. Here we are in the fifth game, and this is it for all the marbles. And what's going to happen? Wow. <laughs> you talk about nervous. There we are. You know, we, we've been very fortunate. We've had Mr. Austin Meadows. We've been very fortunate. We have Mr. Austin Meadows, who had gotten that one run, so we're one and one with our good buddy, Mr. Aaron Judge, but we need more. And now we're looking at Brasso. And he, I tell you what, he looks like he has nerves of steel. He looks like he's enjoying it, actually. It's not like he's glaring anybody down, but he is enjoying it. And man, should he. If he, he stayed and, and wore Chapman down, I mean, we're talking about 10 pitches. 10 pitches on that at bat. Yeah, and he's a guy that, like, in all honesty, he's really, like, he's not supposed to be there. He was undrafted, worked his way up. So, you know, he's one of those guys, hey, I'm oh, not yeah. supposed to be here, so might as well do the best I can. And like they say, the longer an at bat goes, the more it swings into the hitter's favor. And thankfully that held true this this time. And in a way, he was able to put it in the seats. He did indeed. And... <laughs> Chapman must continually been sweating every bit of it, especially when you saw that foul tip that, well, or foul tip, foul ball, he sent way up into, what, probably the second level, and that was just huge. That had to give Mr. Chapman second thoughts. Yeah, and when the ball's coming at you that fast, you got to swing so early. Well, you know, he you, you do have to look at it early. I mean, as you were saying, Ross, was, he was saying that he had to watch basically the point from the point of release to try to determine what that ball was going to be because anybody who throws as fast as Chapman does, I mean, you're, you're looking up there in three digits on the mile per hour and consistently right up there. It takes a good eye to be able to figure out whether or not you should even pull that bat off your shoulder. Looking at Austin Meadows, he gave us that first run. And so people, unless I know you're looking at 
Mr. Brasso in saying, oh, wow, he got that. And I'm very thankful that he did. Don't forget that Austin, <laughs> without him, we would have, God knows how many innings we would have had to go into against them. So that was fantastic. We had him. Then looking at the pitching was excellent. If if they hadn't voted on manager of the year yet, I think that people would certainly be looking at Mr. Cash for the American League manager of the year. Yeah, he definitely showed last night that, or actually this whole series really, that he's a worthy, worthy candidate of it. And you could tell that when the Rays won last night, that their souls are tied in with the coaches and the manager, that they have a love, they share what they're doing. The whole idea of stars, there's no single star. They all work together. And that has that cohesive nature has to come from the manager like Cash. And and to use the resources the way he did. I mean, to the way he did with his pitchers and changing out some batters and pinch hitters, et cetera. He is very, very decisive about what he does. They do a great job as a team. So kudos to him. Yeah, and they say culture comes from the, the top and him being the top of the team. It it's kind of like next man up. Everybody go out there and it's pretty much all that they need and So the thing of it is now is the celebration continued after the game and I don't know if you saw some of the post game activities. I want to play a little bit from Mr. Dick Vitale. And right after the game, if you don't know who Dick Vitale is, Look him up. <laughs> sure. <laughs> I think probably most anybody who's involved with sports know who Dickie V is. So he was, he was a, he is a big, big, big Rays fan. Yeah. He's like the biggest Rays fan out there. He has season tickets right there, behind home plate. And he's there all the time. Yeah. When I used to work at, at the Rays, I mean, and working at the Trop, I used to see him and his wife there quite often. And he is a big, big fan. You know, he's, he's done a lot for the community is living here as well. But here, let's go ahead and hear what he had to say. The Rays, Randy, the Rays, you suck! You suck! Beat the Yankees! Take that $220 million payroll! Come on, baby! Let's go, Rays! Let's go, Rays! Let's go, Rays! That's the kind of enthusiasm you hope to hear from all Rays fans. I think he actually kind of mirrors everything that the rest of us were experiencing last night. And it was kind of sad seeing some of the post-game stuff. I saw Aaron Boone. After the game, and I won't read the whole quote, but some of it was started out like they asked him how it was. He says it's awful, you know, it's it's awful. And he went on to say how much that he appreciated all his players and everybody in there had done. But as you could tell the the man was obviously pretty much devastated. And while I'm, I enjoy our win, I'd, I'd hate to see any. Anyone be the way he looked last night and many of the other players looking rather dejected. Yeah, I mean, that's an unfortunate reality is, you know, somebody's got to go home and it's always sad to see him go home, but I'd rather it be them than me. Here you go. But so the celebration continued for the Rays and I love that they were able to show since they didn't go back in the locker room. They were doing it out there on the field in the dugout. Have you seen the videos on this? Again, people, if you haven't, go on YouTube and look it up. It's absolutely crazy. The dance-off between Randy Arozarena and Brett Phillips was <laughs> was amazing. And you look at the kind of acrobatics that Brett Phillips is able to do out there. Uh, he did flips, you know. I mean, freestanding flip. The athleticism of these people shows up even in their celebrations. Next up, man. 
Brandon, it's ex- exciting stuff. We've done what we need to achieve to beat the Yankees, but there's still a couple more steps left in this World Series race. And the next one is going to be going against our good old friends, the Houston Astros. And that's the Rays facing up against San Diego. No, we're not facing San Diego. We're going to remain in San Diego, and we're going to face the Houston Astros. So you got to wonder if the Rays almost feel like San Diego is their home park after playing five games there. I wouldn't mind that being our home park. It's a very nice stadium. Oh, it's beautiful. So the whole idea is then we're looking at the – so the the Rays remain in San Diego Petco Park, and they'll continue their victory dance on Sunday in their first game against the Astros for the American League title and then off to the World Series. Hopefully after this they – catch a flight out of San Diego onto Arlington and then come back with some more hardware. Well, we'll certainly be here for everybody, you know, after next week and be able to share what's happened with the Rays. Next up, Rays remain in San Diego Petco Park, and they're going to continue their victory dance on Sunday in the first game against the Astros for the American League title and then off to the World Series. So, Brandon, do you have any parting thoughts as we all celebrate this week and get ready for next? Hey, just keep it up. Work on swinging the bat a bit more, getting runners in from scoring position, and hopefully you can send the Astros home too. There you go. And you can always find Brandon on Twitter at TheSportsBlitz1. That's at TheSportsBlitz1. That's a numeric one. And you can find me at TheBaseballBiz. So that's also on Twitter. We look forward to it. And if you listen to us, you can always subscribe or leave your comments. We love that as well. But right now, I want to close out with Mr. Mike Brosso and what he had to say as far as how he looks. at There's no vengeance involved. And I truly believe that's part of who he is. And that's the sort of sports attitude that should run across all of sports. So thanks again, Brandon. And we look forward to talking to everybody again next week. We'd like to send you out with a big raise up. The revenge aspect is, is uh, it's not a thought in my mind. You know, we, we put that in the past and, and we moved on and, and we put it just straight to business. And we come, we came here as a business trip and we knew that we were probably going to see them this time of year and you really can't script it any better.